0: episode number 7 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast, number 7 for the Mick, number 7 for 27, as in the amount of World Series titles that the Yankees have, and the Yankees have a chance to go out and win number 28, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, here we are, um, we got a great guest on this week, we got uh, Chris Corelli of SNY.TV, Um so, Chris, last time we we talked, the Yankees weren't in the postseason, and now they are.
1: Yeah. And uh, quick question for you. Yes. Because I'm not the brightest. Obviously. If the Yankees win today and Minnesota loses, we lock up home field for that game?
0: You know who that's a question for? Who?
1: It's that guy, Rye.
0: He's gone. That's unfortunately he's gone he's he's gone he's gone. no longer with us we'll,
1: we'll get to that
0: there will be um no he's not dead well we <laughs> made <laughs> it sound like he's dead
1: there's five games left yeah i mean sorry there's six games left with a five game lead
0: mm-hmm.
1: the wild card based on home field it goes down to head to head so if
0: there's a tie it goes to head to head and i Yankee, believe the Yankees have yes, that. Yes, Yankees have 4 to 2 advantage. So
1: all the Yankees have to do is win. If the Yankees win tonight, they lock up home field for that wild card game. So tonight, some people may think these games don't mean much leading up to the wild card, but tonight is uh, a very big game. Correct?
0: I would say it's a game the Yankees want to win because they want to get home field locked up. And they want to get their pitching lined up, which I think Girardi's already reconfigured the rotation this way. Severino is lined up to pitch next Tuesday.
1: Well, Joe, Joe was kind of touching on. I think it was last uh, yesterday after the game. Um, it's time to come to reality with things. The division has, you know, become a distant hope. At this point, so he's looking to kind of start resting some guys more than he already does and to play for that wildcard game. I think tonight is a big, big win for at least as far as that's concerned because Joe wants to start getting these guys ready for that game. So I think they want to lock this up. They want to know they're playing in the Bronx, which will be nice for us because we'll know that we'll definitely be going to that game.
0: I think that if we aren't sitting in Yankee stadium next Tuesday, something catastrophic has happened because like you said, uh, the Yankees currently hold four, a five, it's five. in the Oh, category. I thought
1: you were going to say, uh, no, the Yankees are currently five up on the twins, on the twins. I thought you were going to say they hold a four game deficit to the Red Sox.
0: Again, it's, it's, I mean, has stranger things happened in this world? Uh, You've lived through the 2016 presidential election, so yes, stranger (laughs) things have happened in this world, but it is unlikely that the Yankees are going to catch the Red Sox at this point. Still could happen. Still could happen. It is
1: baseball, and we know what Sterling says.
0: You can't predict baseball, Susan.
1: That's it.
0: But, um, yeah, so the Yanks want to get this thing done as quickly as possible. Uh, The rotation, if I can pull this up, is now Severino is pitching tomorrow and gray is pitching uh Thursday which is strategic in the sense that it puts Sevy for online to pitch Tuesday the wild card game and would make gray the game one starter should the Yankees get into the division series
1: I don't mind it no I don't, don't mind it, but if gray loses you better go to c and
0: uh later on in the podcast we're gonna uh we're gonna do our own I don't want to say fantasy draft, but we'll do something similar, how we're, we would configure the Yankees' playoff roster. Not so, that
1: we matter. but uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, we're only NYY Sports Talk, but, you know. Uh, so, last week, um, we feel like we started a movement. We did. Because... You know, everybody's going to toot their own horn and say we did it first, but I really feel like, and I feel like we have our finger on the pulse of things more than a lot of other fans do because we're doing the uh, the Twitter, we're doing the podcast, we're following a lot of guys that are around the game. And I think everybody slept on Aaron Judge. You know, said the slump put him out of the uh, MVP race, and then all of a sudden now the guys went bonkers again. He hit his 50th home run on Monday. He now owns the rookie record for home runs in a season. Again, we said it last week, and we're not going to go too much into detail with it because we said it last week, the guy's the MVP of the American League this year.
1: I, uh, if you guys go back and listen to last week's episode when we interviewed Hoke, um, Again, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. If you do have iTunes, you do have a chance to win some tickets to the wildcard game coming up. That contest I'm going to post is ending on Friday. So uh, all you have to do is subscribe to us, rate, and review the podcast and review with your Twitter handle. Um, But if you go back and you listen to that episode, my question to Hoke was if this guy comes out and he hits 50 plus home runs with his hundred plus RBI and all his other numbers put together. And the fact that he has a respectable batting average, uh, do you see him winning it? And I, and the way Hoke responded was he didn't, he thinks Altuve is going to take it or someone else would. But in fairness to him, you really couldn't put yourself in, in this predicament until it actually happened because to see Judge come out and have a couple multi-homer games and everyone starts talking about him again, it's really tough to argue anyone else winning the MVP right now.
0: The only guy here, I have the number. These, these are the four, uh, five frontrunners is uh, what I saw on Twitter yesterday. You got uh, Atuve, Judge, Trout, Jose Ramirez, and Francisco Lindor. Now, the new wave. War, what is it good for, right? How you factor in this stuff, I, I don't know. I don't really... I wasn't a math major. I don't care to know. But apparently, war is a big deal. I mean, it basically measures how more valuable you are over a, a similar a player at your position, right? The league average or something like that.
1: Uh, maybe if David Cohn would respond and come on the you pod. Know, this would
0: have been a good week to have Katie Sharp back Yeah, it would have been. All right, but... War, right? Altuve, 7.3. Judge, 7.3. Highest among the MVP frontrunners. Right. Okay. Mike Trout, 6.2. Ramirez, 6.1. And Lindor, 5.7. Now, Judge doesn't even have the lowest batting average. Because everybody wants to scream. And and I got these numbers before Monday's game. So, uh, Judge is only at 48 home runs in, on the... Uh, numbers I have in front of me, but everybody's going to scream batting average, so Altuve's hitting three forty-eight. Judge has doubled as, at least more than double now. I don't know if Altuve hit a couple dingers yesterday, but Judge, he you cannot tell me that his run production is more important, or less important, I should say, than Altuve's batting average.
1: And think of it this way, right? This guy has 50 home runs. Yes. A hundred and what, five RBI now? Uh, probably, 107, I many, think.
0: What you, he has at least 107. Huh? I think
1: it's 107. It's right around there. Yeah. Imagine if this guy was also hitting 348. But he's hitting. In, I mean, he wouldn't just be MVP. Hitting, you could just throw the guy into the Hall of Fame at that point. I mean, what do you? how much more could you expect from the guy? You know, 348 batting average is incredible. But when you're comparing it to these other numbers, man, it's just not even close to me. Out
0: of the guys that they have listed here, right, he's got at least 17 more home runs than the next closest guy. He's got at least, I would probably about 20 RBIs more. He's got 20, uh, you know, about 20 more runs scored. His on base percentage is. Um, well, Trout's is higher, but that might be a little inflated because Trout right. doesn't have the at-bats that that the other guys do. Right. The only guy that you want it, that I can, you know, I can't even make an argument for Mike Trout because he's he was injured and his numbers don't add up.
1: How so. many walks does – does, do you have Trout's numbers on uh, his walks – Compared to his at-bats.
0: The the graph I have in front of me doesn't list his walks. It just lists his on-base percentage. Because
1: you got to figure, the Angels don't have as scary of a lineup as the Yankees do. Trout's got to be being pitched around a lot more. So his, his on-base percentage should be up there uh, with that higher batting average. But, I mean, I think it was Mitch Moreland when they were playing. Uh, Mitch Moreland came in and he's a guy who has, you know, 30 home runs or so, but he's batting 208. If that were the case here, I'd say maybe batting average could be a little bit more of an important stat, but he's batting over 280 now. Yeah. I mean, come on. What are we even what are we even discussing at this point?
0: I think that it would be at this point uh, a bit of a it would be an upset in my mind and yours. I don't want to speak for you, but I would say also in your mind also it would be an upset if Judge did not come away with the MVP. But we, you know, we beat that down last week. Uh, you know, you can say that we're delusional and we didn't start that because who are we and who hurt us? But, you know, I didn't hear anybody else saying it until it, it
1: appeared on this podcast. We sounded like a bunch of idiots talking about it until the end of this week. Now we sound like geniuses.
0: Alright, so, you know, we'll leave that one...
1: Because we are. Mm-hmm. I am. You are. Y- I am. You
0: just said you weren't the brightest guy, and now you're a genius. 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 All right.
1: In better ways.
0: Alright, so we'll leave that one street alone. Street
1: smart. I'm street smart.
0: You are? Yeah. Okay. Are you? Am I? Did certainly you
1: certainly ever... aren't book smart. No, I'm not. So, maybe you are. Anyway.
0: um, What was I going to say? I don't even like I don't even like talking to you anymore because <laughs> your your dumbness and I know that's not a word but you're, it just rubs off on me and then I can't remember what the hell I was gonna say. But anyway, all right, so we're gonna leave the judge MVP talk alone. Uh, it's
1: wait. gonna happen, huh? It's gonna happen. That's all we can say. But,
0: all right, here's the last thing I'm gonna say about that. Do you think people won't vote for him because he's got rookie of the year locked up? And no,
1: no. We I was were... actually listening to a good interview with uh, Joe and Ev today. One of the writers. Oh, you know him like that, Ev? Yeah, that's what he's called. Joe and Evan Roberts? Yeah. No, Joe and Ev.
0: Is that your friend? Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah? Pretty close. You guys close. hang out? You guys yep. shoot pool together? I do. All
1: right. I talked to him hmm. the other week, called in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a good interview with one of the writers, and the way they do it is, if you're voting for Rookie of the Year, you're not voting for MVP. And it changes every year which writers are gonna be voting on which awards. So I don't think these guys take into consideration anything else that a player might win. I think it's just strictly based on what they're obligated to vote on. So I don't I don't see that hurting him.
0: All right. Uh so we're coming on, we mentioned that the Yankees are officially in the postseason, so
1: Hold on. We're thirteen minutes in, you haven't told our listeners what day it is, and... I
0: thought it was understood that this is Tuesday, and the podcast comes out on Wednesday. Okay, terrific. I was told that I wasn't
1: allowed to say that anymore. I never said that. I just said it's excessive.
0: Well, I and wasn't going to do it at all this quite week. Quite annoying. And I wasn't going to do it at all this week. But I miss it. I, it's like a staple it's for a, you. Yeah, well, how about the staple I put in your arm? <laughs> So let's get to that story real quick before we get into this because it's the second week in a row I mentioned it. So back in the day before Chris and I were – well, I guess you would
1: call friends now. Our wives call us all-year friends. Year-round friends. Year-round year friends.
0: Year-round year friends. Uh, I worked at a pizzeria where I was the um, the pseudo – You were not a I manager.
1: Was, you were just older than everybody. We did not same And I got paid more
0: and I got to tell people no, what to do. you did not. Yes, I – oh, really? Okay. Really? Hey. See, this is what the problem is with him. He thinks he knows things, but he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know that I got paid more than all the other drivers. He doesn't know that I set up the delivery routes. Mm. So I was trying to get Chris to do something, and he was making an annoying voice or sound like he just did there, and I told him if he did that again, I was going to (laughs) take the stapler and shove it in his arm. (laughs) And he called my bluff, but the only problem was I wasn't bluffing, and he got a staple in his arm.
1: And he, you stapled me! <laughs> Pending lawsuit still. Yeah,
0: right. Well, I was working at a pizzeria back then, so what do you think I owned at that point? <laughs> anyway, so now that we got that out of the way, let's get on to the big news. The Yankees are officially in the postseason. The 2017 New York Yankees, who were, quote, rebuilding, will be playing postseason baseball.
1: Yes, it's awesome. I still, I know it's considered postseason, but... As a fan, I'm still not satisfied with saying they made the postseason until I see them in a series again. I am. I mean, if you think about it, 2012 was a long time ago. We're talking five years. We haven't seen this team in a postseason in five years, as in a postseason series.
0: That's fair to say that they haven't been in a postseason series. But it's different between this year and 2015 because 2015, they... You know, it was the older, aging Yankees that made it there. And remember how they just slogged through August and September and they couldn't hit anymore. And it was basically almost a miracle that they held on and made that wild card game. This year, it's different. There's optimism. There's hope. There, you got the new young Yankees. you got Sanchez and Gary. And uh, Sanchez this is Gary. <laughs> I'm looking at my Hell little Gary. Gary Sanchez figure in front of me. That's why I but you got Sanchez and Judge and Dee and Bird and even if you want to throw in Clint Frazier, and you got Severino and Chad Green, and you have this new young core nucleus of guys that you that. Whereas in two thousand fifteen, it was kind of like the they were just like hanging on for one last moment. Whereas this year, it's the beginning of something.
1: Well, it kind of takes you back to the ninety six team where. Joe Torre will say till he's blue in the face was his favorite uh, championship. Not only was it his first, but that team wasn't expected to do much, and they came together as a baseball player, as someone who who played in college. I can tell you this: talent does go a long way, but nothing goes further than team chemistry. And this team, when they click, have you ever had such a good feeling watching a team? Click the way they do. And I think here's a big key word as to why this team can win a World Series. And that's the fact that they're young and they're going to be naive. They have nothing to lose. They're playing with house money. This team can click like they have been and they can go all the way.
0: And they have just enough veteran presence with guys like Holiday and CeCe who have been there and done it. That they could navigate them through whatever kind of... See, here's why I don't... And tell me if I'm wrong. It's hard to really get excited about a potential uh, playoff run. Because the one and done scenario is such a crapshoot. You know, like we, like everybody we've talked to, and even Corelli will, uh, Chris Corelli, when we uh, played the interview for you, uh, said it. The starter's not going to be given the opportunity to blow the game up, but in the first inning, if Severino loads the bases and somebody hits a grand slam, you're down four nothing in the first inning. You can't avoid that, right? And then your season could be over at that point.
1: Well, kind of goes back to again last week when we talked when we were you were saying you know the team can't afford for Severino to only go three four innings or so, Um, but I kind of came back at you and said they can. And the reason for that is because they have a guy like Green. Now Green didn't come into that game against the Twins the other day, but Severino came out after what three, four innings, and short outing. He had a short outing. You know, Shreve was the one who came in, but the bullpen did its job and held held the Twins down. And the Yankee offense, just like I said, no lead is insurmountable when this team clicks. And they came back and they won the game. And it was kind of a glimpse of, you know, crap, what if Sev does have a bad outing during the wild card game, which I don't think he will. Um, it just kind of showed that this team is resilient and their bullpen is going to hold the lead or hold the hold their opponent down to wherever they are. And it, they're going to give the offense a chance to come back.
0: That was the, uh, the final game of the twin. No, what was it? Yeah, it was the final game of the Twin Series. The Yankees ended up blowing right past uh, Minnesota. They won that game 11-3 to uh, because, you know, the Bombers were out again. Yep. And that just, you know, like you said that no lead is insurmountable because of Judge and uh, Sanchez. Sanchez and Didi. I mean, like, they all hit home runs in that game. I, mean, I think
1: I think John Sterling listens to the podcast, by the way. Why do you say that? Because he was talking yesterday, I think, and he's like, I don't care where you bat Judge and Sanchez in this lineup, but they got to be back-to-back. They have to be. It makes zero sense for them not to be. Something I'm, that we've touched on all year.
0: I'm looking at the box score for that game, and they didn't use one major reliever in that game. They went to Shree for three, Heller and Herman.
1: Yeah, because once Shreve held it down, they really exploded and they didn't have to go to anyone big, which was even better. You're not going to go to Shreve in a wildcard game, but again, you have a lot of guys you can trust out there. Um, it's a good feeling. It's why you're confident in this team.
0: A lot of people have said it, and this team is its going to be a dangerous team in the postseason should they get through this one game. Yes. Because they have the offense that can hit anybody.
1: They're a team that's beat. They're a team that's tough to beat in an extended series. They really are.
0: It's going to be tough to beat them in Yankee Stadium, so that means you're going to have to sweep them in your own ballpark.
1: You're just going to have to hope that Chad Green can go back-to-back days if you need him. You know, if he has to go, if he has to go a couple innings in a big game, And you need him again the next night because uh, uh, your starter doesn't have it. You're going to hope that you can go to him for a couple more innings. And I think you can. I I think at this point you can. At least you're going to try. The
0: rules are different in the postseason about the way you use guys. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. And that's one thing I'll give Joe credit for. He's always, you know, I'm not going to pitch this guy back to back. But when it counts and in the postseason, he's going to do it. And I think the Yankees
0: kind of feel like they might not need Chad Green Back-to-back days because they – you know, Adam – you haven't seen him, but he's not he's not injured anymore. Or is he? I have no idea anymore. I can't keep up. Adam Warren came off the DL? No, he didn't. No. He did not.
1: I think he's, he's close.
0: Yeah, him and Hicks were supposed to come off around the same time. But, I mean, how much
1: faith are you going to have in him at this point being hurt throughout the end of the year?
0: Yeah, but, you know. You know, he's
1: going to be a nice guy to have. Maybe if you have a decent-sized lead – you see what he's got, and see if he's back and healthy. He's going to still be a weapon in the bullpen, but he's not going to be a, a go-to guy in a t- in a close game.
0: You know, he's been around Girardi a while. Girardi might um, might have a little bit more faith in him than somebody else and might throw him into a bigger spot because you know.
1: I'd say you were right if Warren was dominant before he got hurt, and he was really struggling his last few outings, so. which
0: could have led been a part of the injury. Yeah, could have been. All right, so, you know, since we love you guys so much, uh, we're just going to give away a bunch of free crap today. Yeah! Uh, Yesterday was the anniversary of Derek Jeter's final game in pinstripes with the uh, walk-off hit against Baltimore Orioles. So we put out a tweet and we asked for five replies. We got more than that. So somebody will be chosen at random to win some New York Yankees gear uh, you will find out the winner of that after we play the interview with Chris Corelli. Also, uh, NYY sports talks, putting out some apparel. That's really Chris's baby. So he can uh, lead you into that there.
1: What we're doing is we're putting together some fun apparel, uh, that really only true Yankee fans would understand and appreciate. Uh, we also set out a tweet earlier today to kind of throw us some suggestions, Uh, Our favorite suggestion for a t-shirt design would win. We'd put it up for everyone to purchase, but the winner would uh, get a free shirt from us shipped to them of their design.
0: And again, after uh, the Corelli interview plays, we'll announce the winner of that also. So told you we'd be moving and shaking, doing some big things here at NYY Sports Talk, doing some apparel uh, for you to purchase. We're going to also have another batch of t-shirts uh that we're gonna give away a couple of them i should have those in my possession thursday so maybe a little wild card giveaway for those um
1: how about anyone who's gonna be at the game and wants to come meet up with us gets a shirt
0: yeah because i have sixty thousand shirts in my trunk in my car so
1: tweet at us direct message us whatever you want let us know if you're gonna be at the game
0: sure we can arrange something
1: yeah all right let's get to corelli uh chris corelli of sny dot T V. Uh on Twitter he is Chris underscore Corelli, C-A-R-E-L-L-I. Uh we had a few nice topics to discuss, so uh enjoy the interview. Alright, we're on with uh Chris Corelli of S N Y. How's it going, Chris? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Can't complain. Uh we got a few topics here we want to discuss with you as we wrap up the season here. Um first off I'd say Tanaka is going to be questionable here. he's been off all year. he started to show some glimpses of brilliance again throughout the season and now at the probably the worst time for this team uh, he's looking to f- looking like he's falling back into his bad habits this year. If the Yankees in fact win this wildcard game and you know assuming they're not going to take this division at this point, do you possibly skip your so-called ace? Uh, in this division series if they make it that far? Yeah, it's a
2: pretty interesting question uh because if you look at his stats uh and experience against Houston and Cleveland, uh depending on which one of those guys actually takes the uh the AL top uh win lead, um it's bad against both. Uh, he's he's got an ERA over 10 against Houston. Um they have a 1.134 OPS against them and he has a 4.63 ERA and four starts against Cleveland in his career, and they're hitting 317 against him. Uh, so to go along with what you said about the uneven season and his, his up and downs, um, and then the fact that he's looked more like the the bad Tanaka the last uh, couple times, or two out of the last three times out, you might actually have to get some serious thought to it. The problem is, is you and I, and maybe the three of us think that, but I'm guessing Joe Girardi doesn't. Um, in part because he's got full confidence in Tanaka. He's going to lean on the experience. He's going to lean on uh, what he's done in the past. He's going to lean on the fact that he performed well in the playoff game for them before. Um, and, and quite honestly, Tanaka, despite the ups and downs, he's he's fully capable of, of dominating the team on any given day. What I would say is that, like I think we all know, with the division series – all the pitchers are going to have a short leash um, with their bullpen. So in a way, having that benefit of being able to bring in Chad Green or even Robertson, we've seen Girardi bring him in fairly early of late, um, he can kind of go to Tanaka in a game three or four and say, look, if he stinks right off the bat, he's gone. If he starts to turn a bad corner midway through the third or fourth inning, He's gone, and I really think that's how it's going to end up panning out. I, I don't see them keeping him off the roster just because of the fact that he could give them a solid start. He could be the guy who maybe rests the pen even uh, if, if they do get to the, uh, the division series.
1: I'll tell you what, too. I I personally didn't realize how bad his numbers were uh,
2: against those. Oh, Houston! Yeah, it's 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 horrendous against Houston. I mean, they they've pretty much dominated him. Yeah, you know, we.
0: We were at a Derek Jeter day against the Houston Astros when he basically blew the game up in the first inning. So we've experienced that firsthand already this season.
1: And you gotta, you gotta figure too. Joe's the kind of guy where he's got to be torn because we know, we all know, he's got that binder and he's looking at those stats. But at the same time, he's he's extremely reluctant to just kind of give up on these guys and you know his main guys and lose confidence in them. So it's gotta be it's gotta be a pretty tough decision for him at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, especially you're right. He's looking at these numbers; he knows them uh, probably better than we do. And but the thing is, uh, it's not. I guess it's not like it's. Uh, we're trying to figure out if we're going to pitch Jaime Garcia in in division series. It's Kanaka. You know, it's it's a, it's a guy with a with a pretty proven track record who who has had a incredibly poor season by his standards and by you know others. Um, but I just I don't see I don't see him getting left off. I, I really don't. But you know. He, he might be sweating over it when he puts him out there.
0: So we're, um, now that, uh, you know, Yankees are pretty much locked into this wild card, uh, we're going to try to set up the roster here and ask you a few uh, who's the odd man out type questions. Uh, first one up for me is um, yesterday's game was interesting because I think it's not the first time we've seen Girardi do it. Uh, CC started to falter in the sixth and it became a safe situation. He went to green. And then he went to Robertson in the eighth. So it kind of seems like, uh, he's trying to stay away from Batances in uh, a safe situation. Uh, so if the starter goes six, let's say Severino gives you six solid innings in that wild card game. And the Yankees are holding on to a four to two lead. Um, how do you see Joe lining up the bullpen for those final three outs, uh, final three innings?
2: Yeah. I mean, exactly. As you said, and exactly like he did. Um, it's there's right now with what seven games left on six games left on the calendar. Um, I, I don't I don't see in the wild card game at least uh, Girardi going to Batantis with a game on the line in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. I, I really don't. Uh, that game is going to be handled completely differently, especially if Severino is able to get through six and, and they have a lead. There's I, I don't see him uh him getting the ball. Uh they're going to go to Green, then they're going to go to Robertson, they're going to have Chapman close it out and maybe hope that they tack on some runs in those those three innings as well just to uh spread it out because it's as as good as all three of them have been. I mean, um the only one you can say that really hasn't had some issues here and there is Green. You know, Robertson tends to uh make things interesting. Chapman's had his own uh trials and errors, you know, in the middle of the season as well. So um but yeah i i, I don't see petance getting much uh high leverage work in the wild card game uh unless something goes completely wrong uh between now and then as far as you know health and and so on is concerned and, and then it's going to change i mean you you we're talking about the wild card game and i think it completely changes as they go into a division series if they if they get by uh presumably the twins um because at that point they're going to want to have green um being able to pitch those extended two- and three-inning uh, outings uh, when he can. Uh, it's just too big of a it's too big of a bonus to have him being able to come in in the fourth inning and pitch two or three innings, you know, in a game that uh, is going to start to get away from them. And then at that point, maybe they've seen enough of Batantis in the next few days where they can say, okay, he's going to be better, uh, you know, in the sixth or seventh inning and, you know, keep Robertson as the setup man. For Chapman, I don't I don't see Betances taking the eighth, the eighth inning over for the rest of this season.
0: So we discussed uh, a little bit of the pitching, both uh, starters and the bullpen. So let's talk about the offense a little bit here. Again, trying to set up the uh, potential playoff roster. You see Joe Girardi's got three spots where he's using four guys, DH, first base, and third base. He's rotating in and out Todd Frazier, Chase Headley, Matt Holliday, and Greg Bird. Say that... Uh, Yankees going a little bit of an extended run here, maybe at least into the division series. Do you see Joe going with a set lineup with somebody being the odd man out, or do you see him uh, using a combination of all four of those guys like he's been doing since Holiday's been back and Bird's been back from the DL?
2: Yeah, I, I think that the, the, the person who's going to get the least amount of time out of those four guys is probably Holiday. Um, and I can only see him... Getting major, you know, starts during, you know, with a with a top top lefty on the mound. uh, If he ever faces that kind of a situation, Um, the way I look at it, the way he's it's really been mapped out the last few weeks, really is that Todd Frazier's a third baseman. That's pretty much set in stone. Um, I don't see any reason why Girardi would change that at this point. Um, Headley's had a great year. Besides his uh, month of May, Uh, he he was at some points the best hitter on the team in, in parts of the summer. And he's really carried it right through this month. Um, he's going to get a lot of starts uh, at DH as far as I can see. Um, again, unless there's a tough lefty. I think that's the one spot where Holiday might replace Headley is, is that there's a tough left hander on the mound. Um, Bird is doing exactly what the team hoped he was going to do before he got hurt at the beginning of the season. You know, He looks like the guy who came up in 2015. He looks like the, the guy who was hitting everything in sight in spring training. Uh, and it's obvious that he's Feeling good, he's healthy, and and his stroke is where, right where it needs to be. at the exact perfect time, and he's and he's a better fielder, uh, maybe not by a ton, but he's a better fielder than than Headley would be at first. So I, I kind of see Girardi trying to keep things as uh, consistent as possible. Um, and again, with Holiday being the the odd man out for you know most of those most of that time period, I also kind of have a feeling that Holiday would probably be a better pinch hitter. Uh, than any of those other guys, um, meaning him coming off the bench, I think his experience as far as uh, doing that will, we'll, you know, he's been DHing all year, so he kind of can stay in a game and come in and out. Um, I think he he would probably be the best option uh, for that kind of a role,
1: too. Uh, I agree with you there, and I think me and Christian kind of touched on this last week. Um, I think Bird, as long as, you know, Joe seems to be so against him hitting against a lefty, but as long as a righty's on the mound and you're in New York, Bird's in your lineup no matter what. I mean, he's too dangerous from the left side there, uh, the way he pulls the ball to to be out of that lineup. But to kind of go back to, not to go back and forth here, but just kind of just crossed my mind. Over the last few weeks, uh, maybe even a month or so now, Robertson's kind of been used as a guy who's gone multiple innings. Could you see Robertson coming in maybe in the seventh and having a quick inning and Joe go
2: right back to him in the eighth? Um, yeah, I, I probably would see that. Um, again, it, I guess it depends on the entire situation who's coming up. You know, if, I, I could tell you for sure if it's the top of the batting order coming up in the in the eighth, and he's thrown 12 pitches, 10 pitches the previous inning, then there's a very good chance that uh, he at least starts that inning. Um, I also can totally see Girardi going. Four outs with chapman uh in, in the there's there's not going to be any he might actually not even bring the binder into the dugout with him on um on the wild card game because you know it's it's that's that has to be a field game you know what I mean it has to be a game where he's in the moment and just going with his gut and picking the person who he knows his best, and I, I don't think he needs to have statistics in front of him. You know, when uh, these situations arise in the game, that if you don't win it, you're done. And you know, quite honestly, wild card's nice. It's nice to get into it and all that, but you know, you really want to get to the division series where they can do some, uh, I think, some serious damage. I have a
1: I have a quick follow up question on the wild card game before we wrap up. But before that, we want to go into this topic. Christian and I we joked that we. Brought this back into the mix last week when we talked to Brian Hoke, uh, but we kind of we kind of teased the idea of, you know, if Judge hits a few more bombs here and he's over fifty with hundred plus RBIs, how do you not consider this guy atop the running for MVP right now? What, who do you think it's going to go to, and and if it's someone other than Judge, how do you
2: justify it? Uh, well, I will stick with you guys. Uh, I wrote about this uh, this morning. Actually, was published uh, a few hours ago. Um, I've got Judge taking it, and I and I quite honestly, regardless of the 13 home runs this this month, you know, I think had he not reached uh, McGuire's record and surpassed it, I, I still think that he had a very legitimate shot at it. Um, looking through a majority of the uh, offensive categories and even defense that I, that I covered in the, in the article, he outpaced Altuve by, in 10 of the 14 categories. I mean, he leads the American League in home runs, runs, RBIs, walks. He's the tops in fan war right now. Um, you know, there's the arguments of his slump and the arguments of strikeouts are pretty meaningless when you look at the entirety of his season. Um, this isn't a guy who strikes out 200 times and hitting 210 it's a guy who does the other 99 percent of the game almost perfect you know there's there's too much to look at how he dominated this season um, and how he carried the team for basically the entire first half and he's doing it again down the stretch when it matters um the the impressiveness of the home run record and the The month he's having is is certainly going to help weigh on people's minds and maybe has boosted his uh, momentum, so to speak. But I think even had he not had such a spectacular finish, uh, he would have still had a very good argument over, and I would say Altuve is probably the next next, uh, guy in line, and that's probably only because Trout hasn't played uh, nearly as many games as I think are necessary to be considered.
0: So, uh, Chris, one last one from me uh, just to wrap up on Judge here. Do you think that uh, it was a case of him being in a slump and now he's just that good of a hitter and he's figured out the league again and he's coming around and hitting home runs? Or Do you think that there was more to this shoulder issue than the Yankees and maybe him had let on and that caused the slump to go a little bit longer than maybe it
2: should have? Yeah, I think I think there's. I mean, I and back going back then, I I wrote about this a couple times and, and mentioned it, you know, on Twitter and so on. That the, there's when a guy has an ice pack wrap around his shoulder like that for weeks. Um, there's no one that can tell me that it doesn't affect his mechanics. Um, he was not. Um, he wasn't really seeing the ball all that well either. So I think there was a couple things going on. Um, he was starting to guess, and who knows if any of that part of the the injury or the the pain he was in or whatever but uh there's there's a certain connection between the two there's, there's no doubt but i i think that he has now what i've what i've noticed this month is that he's just he's laying off you know some of the garbage pitches that he was swinging at and you know part of it was probably trying to do a little bit too much to get out of the slump um but uh he looks almost exactly like the man who you know came out and and was hitting just about everything he saw hard and far uh, for the first half of the season. So um, it's obviously feeling better. Uh, Just to
1: wrap up, um, kind of a personal opinion type question here. I'm taking my objective hat off and I'm putting my Yankee cap back on right now. And I'm trying to, trying to look at this, uh, you know, the Yankees played Minnesota last week and you just saw such a difference in two teams. I mean, at least from my from my standpoint, the Minnesota Twins shouldn't even be said in the same breath as the New York Yankees from the way it looked over those few games. Uh, going into this now, I think the second wild card is a great thing for baseball. But just the fact that the Minnesota Twins can come in and anything could happen in one game and knock the Yankees out of this thing, is that... Good for baseball. Do you think maybe the wild card game should go to a best of three?
2: Oh, if if we were going to change anything about the wild card, I think a best of three would be probably the way to go about it. Versus trying to now eliminate a team, you know, from the process. Um, You know, when they changed the format, it it was the biggest argument was that you know luck of, of anything comes you know pretty much into play in a singular game. You know, one bad bounce and in a tight game and the the team that let's say has seven to 10 fewer wins could (laughs) move on to the, to the division series and and then, you know, take off from there. So yeah, I I think if they were going to make a change, it would have to be something along those lines, but not necessarily uh, eliminating the, the, you know, the fifth team uh, involved. I think there's too much um, interest now with how many teams are stay in the race into September, just by having, you know, that one extra team, you know, it really does keep a bunch of fan bases and typically they're smaller fan bases that, um, you know, remain involved and and kind of excited for their team to to have the potential to get to that spot. And, and, and then they know that they have a very, very good chance of just having a great game and and moving on. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I don't think there's any question. I I think the second wild card has been outstanding for baseball, uh, especially as a Yankee fan over the last, uh, few years it's kept it exciting uh, with some subpar teams but uh, you know you touched on a couple articles you wrote where can where can our followers uh, find some of your stuff so they can catch up uh, we know you're on Twitter at Chris underscore Corelli C-A-R-E-L-L-I, C-A-R-E-L-L-I. Uh, is there anywhere to go directly to maybe read some of your
2: articles? Yeah sure um, I mean I, there's a couple places I usually put links on my own website which is ChristopherCorelli.com uh, but you can just go to Sny uh, and their Yankees page, and I am uh, littered uh, all over that page. So uh, that's probably the easiest way to, to to find my stuff. And and it's also the links are in my Twitter uh, Twitter bio too.
0: All right, Chris, we want to thank you for spending a few minutes with us talking Yankee baseball as the Yankees prepare to enter the postseason this year. Uh, thanks again, and uh, let's go Yanks. Okay. Take care thanks, you. thanks, Chris. For
1: All right, so that was, again, Chris Corelli from SNY. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, He told you where you could check out some of his stuff, so make sure you do so. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. He's a great follow, Uh, up-to-date with all your news and stuff like that. So thanks again, Chris, for your time. We are going to get straight into the winners of our giveaways, the first one being the Jeter tweet that we have here. Um, We asked for your favorite Jeter moment. Uh, In honor of his anniversary of his last game at the stadium. And the winner is a very good follower of ours. So I'm happy that she won. Queen Steffi has won that. And her favorite memory, her tweet was, So many to choose from, but that final walk-off hit will always make my eyeballs leaky. I'll tell you this. On that day my dad had to scream down to make sure I was okay because I was crying that bad. And screaming.
0: You were screaming?
1: I was screaming pretty bad. And crying. Um I can honestly say
0: and you you were at a you were at the two thousand nine clincher where they won the ALCS, right? If I remember correctly. I was with
1: Stack Eye Rye.
0: Uh so, and I've, I've never been at a game of that magnitude. I've been to playoff games before, uh, but I can honestly say, and I was at Yankee Stadium for that game, and can, I can't equate that feeling to anything.
1: I'll be honest with you, watching them win the pennant in 09 was the greatest memory I have being at the stadium. But I think as far as the atmosphere inside the stadium, the Jeter night has to trumpet i wasn't there but just watching on tv it was really outside the stadium after they won the pennant that was something i've never experienced before uh literally the entire city was just going absolutely insane
0: all right so do you want to because uh monday was uh the anniversary jeter's final game in pinstripes tuesday was the today they were recording uh was mariano rivera's Right. anniversary of his final game ever. Um, do you want to get into some Jeter Mo talk, or do you want to rip Stack Guy Rye a new butthole right now?
1: I want to first announce the winner of our other giveaway, and then I absolutely just want to rip Stack Guy Rye. And then we'll get into the Jeter Mo stuff? Sure. Okay. Okay, so our winner of our other giveaway, which was I wanted some ideas for a new t-shirt design from a fan. Um, the best one that we felt was the most creative was going to win. And if you won, we were going to design the shirt and then we were going to send it to you free and have it up on our store for anyone to purchase. I'll plug all that later on, on Twitter. Um, our winner of this, not chosen by random because we picked the best idea, was at drop the gavel 99. Um, we're not going to go into detail on what his design was. You can check out his idea on our Twitter at MIY Sports Talk. But congratulations, you are the winner. We're going to get on that design. Uh, mention us in a tweet that you heard that you won, and we will reach out to you and handle all the logistics and send out your shirt when it's ready.
0: Yeah, the uh, Qu- Queen Steffi, correct? Queen Steffi?
1: Queen Steffi won the Jeter tweet. Yeah. Um...
0: So, when you listen to the pod, tweet us. Let us know that you know that you won. Um, we'll send you something good. It is a mystery because uh, I got a whole closet full of uh, Yankees gear that we could send out. So, it'll be a surprise to you when it arrives to you. But, you know, definitely when you listen to the pod, you know, tweet out us and say, Hey, I won! And then we'll... Uh, And don't lie. Don't some other idiot come on and be like, oh, I won. We know who we picked. Right. Maybe you can confuse Chris, but you can't confuse me. Right. Agreed. Okay. I'll agree. Plus, you don't have the stuff in your possession, so you just get a box of packing peanuts, probably. Right. Okay. Um, that guy, Ryan, is your brother?
1: Yes. Okay. I think. I never...
0: You never had a DNA test? Right. Okay. As Uh, far as
1: I know, he's my brother, yeah.
0: That's what your parents tell you anyway. Right. So for the last, uh, how old is that guy, Rye?
1: 25. So It'll for the last 25
0: soon. years, you've assumed that he was your brother. Right. Okay. Um. This past Saturday was your son's christening. Yes. And uh, Rye showed up at here at my house to do the podcast last week, looking like a curly-headed. Right. Okay. So we thought that we had a new nickname for Stat Guy Rye. Yes. Then he got a friggin' haircut. Yeah, short. Looking like he worked at a at an accounting office, right? <laughs> so the Yankees have the Todd father. He did. He, he didn't
1: cut it for the christening. He cut it because he didn't want to be dubbed. Is the that curly, did he head. tell you that? Yeah.
2: He
0: legitimately told. No. So if I didn't call him a curly headed F on the <laughs> podcast, he would have never cut his
1: hair. I don't believe so. He never told me that, okay. but he did. We're brothers, so we know when we're thinking certain things doesn't have to be said
0: so he shows up in his suit looking like he works at an accounting
1: firm right
0: and i was just i was very disappointed in
1: him let's just talk about the text we got from him today it was so blunt he didn't care we talked about when we were going to record and his response was just okay then i won't be there
0: yeah it was like it was basically like, i don't care i can't be there so screw you guys
1: right Like, we're no one to him. So,
0: since um, we had a little bit of time in between uh, me getting off of work and recording the podcast, Chris held an interview to try to replace, find a replacement for Stack IRI. I did. And you know
1: what? I recorded, I was planning on recording all the interviews to have them as a reference, uh we chose this person on the spot because she absolutely nailed the interview. I thought it would be fun for everyone to listen to the interview and really get to hear, you know, our our standards of who was gonna replace Stack I Rye. So
0: a couple weeks ago, before we get into the interview, Stack I Rye was an SOB, took offense to that. Right. Big and I called him a curly haired a curly haired F curly-haired f which curly is curly-headed f which is from a will ferrell movie if i'm not mistaken is where i first heard it right isn't that, i think so yeah isn't it from step brothers yeah i think so you curly <laughs> that's a great movie uh anyway
1: and now he's just a d-bag yeah because he really he just doesn't care high time does so bad this he's week. like if you can't do it at this time then sorry i'm done
0: He's I think he said that he had to Uber tonight, so that's right. part of the reason why he couldn't show up. I think so. So But he also told me that he um had a flat rate for Ubering, which I told him he was also too young to have a flat rate, so
1: Right. So um I wouldn't say that we're full time replacing him, but we need a reliable replacement. At least
0: on an interim basis. Right.
1: So, are you ready for this interview? Because I am.
0: Uh, Yeah, because uh, right now a wet paper bag would be better than having Ryan, so.
1: Alright, so, enjoy. Let us know what you think. Okay, this is our uh, official interview to take place of Stack Eye Rye, the bum who never shows. Uh, Please state your name for everybody. Leah! Okay, Leah, it's very nice to meet you. And how old are you?
3: Five and a half.
1: Okay, you don't have to get that close to the microphone, sweetheart. Okay, now my first question to you is, do you feel like you know more about uh, baseball and the Yankees than Stack Guy Rye? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Okay, who is the greatest baseball team of all time?
3: The Ankeys.
1: Okay. And who's the greatest Anke to ever live?
3: Derek Jeter.
1: Okay. And what number did Derek Jeter wear?
3: Number two.
1: And can anyone else wear that number two? No. Why?
3: Because it's exterminated.
1: Can you say that a little clearer?
3: Because it's exterminated.
1: It's exterminated. (laughs) Okay, and um, who don't we root for?
3: The Giants.
1: Yes, <laughs> but who in baseball don't we root for? The Blue Sox?
3: No, no Blue Sox.
1: Who else, though? Is it the Blue Sox we don't root for? What what team is it?
3: The Yankees we root for.
1: But we don't root for the Red Sox, right? Ooh. You okay? You just banged your head there. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, somehow, I think a five and a half year old with a concussion
1: is still a better option than Stack IRI. I agree. <laughs> um, Christian, do you have any questions for our candidate here? Um. So,
0: Leah, do you think that you can do a better job than Stack IRI? Rye? Yes. That's all I really needed to know. I. She's confident. Do you think that Stat Guy Rai
1: should be here today? No. <laughs> um tell tell the listeners a little bit about how I am when I watch the Yankees on TV.
3: You're so, so, so angry when they don't get a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> but when they do get a touchdown, your show, yeah, 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 yeah. And then passed out again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? I sleep after the
0: game. Is he? Does he yeah. yell so much during the game that he just?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much. Now let
0: me ask you a question. So
3: loud.
0: <laughs> let me ask you a I question. I
3: can hear him from
0: my room. You can hear him in your room. I can hear
3: him from my room. Does he
1: wake Jack up? Oh
3: yeah,
1: he probably will. Uh, let me ask you a question. Yep. Say you're watching a Disney movie, right? Uh, uh. But the Yankees are on. Don't I let you watch the movie instead of put the Yankee game on? Yes. I do? Yes. Or do I make you turn it off and put the Yankee game on?
3: Sometimes. In a little bit, tell me I could watch for a little bit, and then, you want, and then you turn on the Yankee game, and then I go on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Leah, I think you got the job.
0: We'll have to discuss it with our business partners, but I think that... Uh...
1: You look like a shoe in here. Is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners? She's already got the job
0: locked up. Stop trying to get more out of her. All right, fine. <laughs> say, no,
3: go- no, no, little bit.
1: <laughs> say goodbye, Leah.
3: I want, I love Yankees.
1: <laughs> All right, <laughs> she loves the Yankees. You got the job. Okay, hope you enjoyed that interview. Leah will be getting the. Fill in spot for that idiot Stat Guy Rye, my quote brother loser.
0: All right, well, uh, that's your brother, but uh, sometimes teammates are considered brothers. We're brothers. Weird. Stop. We're
1: happy and we're singing and we're colored. Didn't he want to sing Give this week? Give me a high five.
0: He wanted to sing this week too. Yeah. And he didn't even bother showing up. Nope. Made, oh, I want to sing on the podcast this week. Yep. Anyway, as I was trying to segue in, uh, teammates are some sometimes consider themselves brothers and if you were a Yankee fan, no two teammates probably meant as much to you in the last 20 years as Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera. We touched on this earlier. Uh, Monday was the anniversary of Jeter's final home game and today, Tuesday, uh, as we're recording this is the anniversary of Mariano Rivera's final uh, game period. I had to actually. I had a funny story to tell that I was actually at both of these games. Uh, The Rivera game almost didn't happen uh, because I knew he was retiring. So at the beginning of the year, I bought tickets for the final Yankee home game. I remember that. Yeah, and like an asshole, (coughs) I bought tickets for the second to last Yankee home game and didn't realize it until I. Because I was. I wasn't going to um, come home from work. I was packing a bag to, to go to my girlfriend's house, who's now my wife, uh, and go to the game from there. And when I went to go put the tickets in my bag, they were just that day, that date, whatever it was. It's uh, the September 25th. 20th. Today's the 26th. So they were for the 25th. And I was like, are you frigging kidding me? So I almost had a breakdown thinking the tickets were going to be through the roof at this point because <laughs> everybody knew that Rivera was retiring now. But I ended up getting tickets.
1: Oh, so what you're saying is you bought them for the 24th by yeah. accident. No,
0: I bought them for the 25th by accident. This is for uh, Rivera's game because today's the 26th. Right. So the game was on the 26th. I bought tickets for Oh,
1: right. I'm thinking, yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I, wow. Yeah. You never told me that. No, I never. If you did, I didn't listen.
0: Um. So I was so mad. I was out going frantic on StubHub trying, thinking nah, I'm going to pay like $300 for tickets. But I think I paid like 50 something dollars for a pair of seats in, you know, 400 levels. So it was basically the same thing.
1: I unfortunately couldn't make either game. But I didn't mind being home with Stack Eye Ride watching.
0: Now, being at these two games, it was like a tale of, it was like, different ends of the spectrum because the Yankees had just recently gotten eliminated either a day or two before the Rivera game. Like, they were eliminated from the postseason. And it was like the first time I was ever at Yankee Stadium and like you walked in and you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. It was like a funeral parlor in that place. And then all of a sudden like, as the game went on people were starting to and the Yankees were losing I think they were down like 4 nothing in the game and they were just wearing a mount and any Type of offense, and you were just like it was building. Like people were, the anticipation started building. Maybe on like the fifth or sixth inning, like when Joe's gonna bring in Mo? When Joe's gonna bring in Mo? And then I remember he came in, and the place erupted. Right, the place just went bananas. Now you're thinking, like, is he gonna let him finish the game? You know, take or, him out with two outs, and then. We saw these two guys, like, because I was sitting in the 400 level, and we saw these two guys come out to the field, and we're like, "Who the hell is this?" <laughs> and it was Jeter and Pettit coming to get Mariano in his final game, and then you just saw like Rivera just like collapsing their arms, and they were playing. The that's Ra- why I'm.
1: That's why part of me is glad I watched on TV. I think I got a different aspect than anyone at that game would have.
0: Yeah, especially where I was sitting, because I was. It was probably what uh, in uh, like along the left field line right. down there, um, and Joe Madden's not my favorite manager in Major League Baseball. I think he's a little overrated, despite just, him breaking yeah, me the too. him breaking the curse of the Billy Goat. But I always will have this modicum of respect for him because he did not have to allow uh, Jeter and Pettit. Out there because that's against major league, right? Rules. I know it had to allowed, get clearance for it, and he allowed it to happen. I know. and I will always respect it. It was a classy move, yeah.
1: Um, I just want to say something before I go into a little memory of my own. Um, going into these last few years where the Yankees have played meaningless games at the stadium, something we weren't really used to in the Tory era at all, obviously. Um, every year that they didn't make it or that they were you know playing meaningless games, there was a significance behind it, first being Mariano
0: well even if you go back to two thousand well two thousand
1: eight that's where I meant to start final game at the stadium. you knew because they weren't making the playoffs that that was definitely the last game at the stadium, so it made it more special yeah, then you go to two thousand thirteen. You knew that was the last time you were seeing Mo because they weren't making the playoffs two thousand fourteen you knew that was the last time you weren't gonna see Jeter anymore at the stadium because they didn't make the playoffs and even last year being Mark to final game, not as significant obviously, but there they was had always a game yeah yeah,
0: so it was. There's always a little something that got you through. Although, like, you're not going to put A-Rod into share up with Jeter Mo
1: in the stadium. Right. But going into a little bit of Jeter now, uh, I'm along with Queen Steffi and a couple of our other followers who replied the same favorite memory. That is by far my favorite memory of Derek Jeter. And, and it's, before we
0: get into my... So let's do your favorite. Let's give Mo his due. My favorite Rivera memory is 2003 in the ALCS Game 7 where he just he he gave you everything he had when he pitched 3 innings in that game. Yeah. And then Boone hit the walk-off home run and he just like collapsed on the mound. Yeah. That I'll even even more so than him being on the mound for five World Series doing or, his little
1: jump twist
0: or even the like the last four that they won he was the closer so he got the last out and all those that is the memory that will always stick out in my mind the most I
1: think I think me too I'd have to agree with you for once um as far as the Jeter memory m- the best part of it for me was and one of my buddies still owes me a 30 pack on this it's been 3 years now um I got a text when Robertson gave up that home run to tie the game. And someone said to me, Robertson is a bum. (laughs) And my response was, no, this all happened for a reason. Derek Jeter is going to get up and hit a ball through the gap on the right field side between the second baseman and first baseman, and he's going to win the game for the New York Yankees, and that's going to be his final at-bat at the stadium. He said, that's never going to happen, I'll bet you 30 And that's exactly what happened. And it was the greatest moment ever. I was at
0: that game also. And I got to thank my, she was my fiance at the time. We had just gotten engaged about a month before the game. So, like.
1: So it was a tough time for her. It was a tough. Time. She was grasping yeah. the decision. I gotta she say, made. it
0: was one of the happier months I've ever had in my life. Going from getting engaged to to being at this game.
1: Something we should talk about about that game that you told me that as a spectator at home, I'm upset they didn't focus on because it gave me chills when you told me it. All the people throwing their hats on the field. Yeah, they did. It's something you didn't see on TV, and I wish you did.
0: And I actually forgot that that happened until so you mentioned that. That was I would have done it, but I had just. Purchased the hat that I was on my head. It was like just freshly out of the box. They <laughs> didn't want to throw a forty dollar hat on the field that I just had purchased. But yeah, that was really, really cool. Um like I said, like being at the Rivera game, it was like a it was it was like a, a funeral parlor, like the place was dead. But there was this palpable energy inside Yankee Stadium the day of Derek Jeter's final game. Like you just you knew that you were seeing something for the last time, and you just... It had, like, a playoff atmosphere to it. Sure. It really did. Like I like like I said, I've been to playoff games before, and outside of 1995, where they were in the playoffs for the first time since, what, 81? Yeah. I don't ever remember Yankee Stadium being as alive.
1: And it kind of sucked for Pettit a little bit, too, because he kind of got overshadowed, but... I mean, you can take Rivera, Pettit, Jorge, and nothing compares to your feelings towards Derek Jeter. And like kind of going back to just a moment where I never felt that way in a stadium, I was actually in 2012 at the ALCS game when Jeter broke his leg. I'm not exaggerating. When he went down and wasn't getting back up, you could hear a pin drop in the stadium. You
0: can sense that on the television.
1: Not one person was speaking a word. I've never felt that in a game. And ever. And and then just immediate anger towards Ibanez for almost tying the game and allowing it to extend and that to happen. It was just a very weird atmosphere.
0: Uh, so Jeter comes out. He hits that big double to start the game, and the Yankees are rolling along. Didn't Hiro- uh, Hiroki Kuroda start that game? If I'm not I mistaken, think so, yeah. He started that game. He pitched a pretty good game. Yanks were up five to two going into the ninth, and you're sitting there thinking, like, what? What are they going to take do? Mo- like, when are they going to take Jeter out of this what game? What is Joe going to do? And then Rever- uh, Robertson gives up uh, a home run. They creep a little closer, and then before you know it, the game's tied. And Robertson had been lights out all year. And, and all of a sudden, he gives up three home run, uh three runs, two home runs in the ninth inning. Set it up perfectly. And you're just saying to yourself, like... Who scored from second base on it, that hit?
1: It was a September call-up guy. I, I, I can't remember his name. Oh. It was a guy who literally was only put in to steal bases. Yeah. And then it set itself up. Could have been Solaire. No, it wasn't. No? Uh,
0: I... It, We'll look it up later, and we'll tweet it out. Is that guy Rye, yeah, you jerk. <laughs> um, and the move there is to walk Jeter because first base is open. You don't let Jeter beat you in that spot. The move is to set up the double
1: play, right? Well, the Orioles were playing for something, and they too. were, play- yeah,
0: they were. But Buck, being Buck, and this is why again, I respect the hell out of Buck. He let Jeter try to have his moment, and he did. And I'm telling you, uh, I can go to, aside from maybe being there with, God willing, my son in 15 years, like if that's God's plan or whatever, and seeing Aaron Judge hit a walk-off home run in the World Series, I don't think I'll ever see, be a part of live, a hit that meant more to a fan base than seeing Derek Jeter get a walk-off hit in his final game
1: at Yankee Stadium. I was I was jealous that I wasn't there, but at the same time, being home uh, and just experiencing that the way I did on TV was, for me, was just absolutely incredible. I have still. no shame in saying that I
0: cried at, after the game was over. Like, because, you know, people get cynical and they're like, oh, why do you care about these guys? They don't care about you. But when something like the Yankees, a team like the Yankees, like... You build relationships off of this team. You and I are not friends if it wasn't for the New York Yankees. We'd have nothing, yeah.
1: Right? And now what'd you say? Nothing. Don't be a dick. Antoine Richardson, by the way. Really? Yeah. So insignificant. Yeah.
0: Remember oh, here's another one. Who John Ryan Murphy was the he was the catcher. Last guy to ever catch Mariano Rivera. Yeah.
1: um i mean we can go on with this all day
0: but as a, you know just to quickly wrap it up like the team that team just meant s- and you you get caught up and you watch a guy come up and do all these great things you know it it's emotional and it, it's it it is significant
1: very quick story and then we'll go into the wrap-up we want to talk about our take on what the roster should be going into the postseason here but Jeter's first full year up with the team. I'm at, it was either opening day or the opening series at the stadium. I don't know. I was a young kid. I was at the game with my dad and my grandfather. And there's a rookie walking around the stadium, uh, giving out autographs like they were bottles of water. And I look over at my dad and I say, "Dad, can I go down and get a? Yeah, you told me. Get the story this guy's this autograph, please." He's like, "Listen, man, it's a hundred degrees out right now. You don't want to be around all those people just to get some bum's autograph." Yeah, who's I said? The What's bum? a bum? <laughs> you just don't want it. Then Ruben Sierra came around. He's like, "You can go get a, a Ruben Sierra's autograph." So I skipped out on the bum, Derek Jeter, uh, to get Ruben Sierra as my first autograph. So that bum panned out. That was a good job on your dad's part. I, uh, I'd say so. Yeah, one of his one of his many. That uh, was one of his uh, shining highlights. Yeah. yeah.
0: Bad decisions from your father aside, um, let's see if Joe Girardi is going to make any bad decisions with his roster. Uh, actually, you know, we won't know that for a couple more days. But I just wanted to go over what you think the roster might look like. Um, some guys that may be there, may not be there. Now, I think we could start at the outfield, right? So, we know that the top three guys probably going to get to uh, start. Judge, Guardy, Ellsbury, right? Would you say that's yeah. correct?
1: Unless Hicks comes back over the next six games and hits 12 home runs, Ellsbury's got the job in my book. You
0: don't think... Hicks really can't do anything over the course of the rest of the week to wrestle the
1: job away from Ellsbury. No. It Uh, would be almost unrealistic.
0: Now, here is the first question I'm going to pose to you. You see the Yankees carrying five outfielders? Mm. Probably not, right?
1: No, I I don't see Clint. That'd be Clint Frazier, right?
0: Clint, You would say Clint would be the odd man out if Hicks is
1: healthy. It's tough to say because Clint Frazier is a really good base runner. Who gets next if Frazier is, in fact, on the playoff roster?
0: You your guy is probably Aaron Hicks. Can't see them carrying five outfielders,
1: especially in a wild card. Well, then you're just you're not gonna you're not gonna nix Aaron Hicks here because nix Hicks, yeah, because he's a he's a guy who can come up from the left side of the plate and and put one over the short porch. All right, so, so all
0: right, so you say they're gonna carry two outfielders, so then you leaving yourself. Because Joe's really only gone with uh, three guys on the bench. Right. Don't you want Torres on the team? Yeah. Because you have to have Romine. Romine has to be there. You can't go in there with only one catcher. So you got to have Romine. Unless then you're saying you want Hicks, Frazier, Clint, um, Toe, and Romine. And then shorten your bullpen. Because you're probably not going to use...
1: I think in the f- I think in the wild card game you can afford to shorten your bullpen because you know if you're going to need any length out of your bullpen you're going right to Chad Green. So you're going to hope Chad Green is going to bridge that gap to one of your big guys and if he can't then you're just not going to win the game. So it's not going to matter.
0: I'm going to throw some names at you right now out of the bullpen. You see them being on the postseason roster at all even if the Yankees make it past the wild card game. Chase and Shreve. No. Do you think Jordan Montgomery makes this team? Yes. So do you think the Yankees would use him in a long situation?
1: Possibly. You're going to want a guy like him just in case, again, you have to go to Chad Green in a game for four innings or so. And, you know, you're going to want a guy like Montgomery to possibly come in and, and fill that role if Chad Green's not available. It's not optimum
0: because you don't want to have back-to-back games where your starter's out where you need to go two or three innings from a bullpen guy. But I like that idea, keeping Montgomery on the team, especially going into the division series, should the Yankees win the wild card game.
1: And again, this doesn't necessarily have to pertain to the wild card game because rosters can change yeah. from that to... We're talking about really if the Yankees make a series here. And I think Montgomery will be very valuable. Again, it's not ideal to have more than one guy, or w- even one guy at all, shorten their outing. Um, but we know very well that it could happen. So I think Montgomery a great guy to have in the bullpen.
0: Tommy Canely is pretty much a given. Would you say? Yes. Uh, how about your? How about the combination of Heller Holder?
3: Heller.
1: No, both gone.
0: And uh didn't you mention to me at the beginning of the year <laughs> that the maybe not the unsung hero, but the guy that was coming out of nowhere a big year for the I Yankees thought he was with...
1: gonna be eye opening for a lot of guys this year.
0: And Brian Mitchell yes. is not gonna be Oh
1: it. my god, he's not even shouldn't even be on this team anymore.
0: Jaime Garcia is not sniffing the postseason. Oh my god,
1: time. get rid of him too. All right, so you're gonna have say... a bad taste in my mouth for him, not just for his performance, but what he what he did. When he came out of that game.
0: So you got your, your four starters will lock him in. Sevy, Gray, Tanaka, CeCe, right? Yes. Okay. Um, you don't think they'll carry a third catcher, right? You think you stop at... Rob- <laughs> no, I'm being serious because no. he carried three catchers in, no. in the uh, wild card game in
1: 2015.
0: No. All right, let's go to the infield. You see Tyler Austin being a factor.
1: No. Unfortunately,
0: So really the only extra guy you're going to play with in the infield is Ronald Torres. Correct. Not, you don't think so because you're not going to, if you're not going to put Austin, you're not going to put Tyler. Wade. No,
1: because only because what's Austin going to do for you? He's going to play first base. We have enough. We have enough guys who can play over there. Unfort I see. I like having a guy like Austin off the bench, but I don't think that, this team necessarily needs him on a postseason roster right because, now
0: because as uh, chris corelli mentioned in her interview that spot's almost reserved for matt holiday right to be the power guy off the bench and i
1: think he makes a great point on that i like having holiday in i think that's where joe is gonna really come into play with all his numbers and all that i think if if you're facing a guy because holiday's been in the league for so long he's faced a lot of guys and has you know, substantial appearances against guys. Uh, if you have someone who Holiday has a track record with and he's been successful, uh, that's a game he either starts or gets a significant amount of playing time, but he's definitely probably going to be the odd man out there and be off the bench for the, the most part. The only way
0: I could see anybody being pinch hit for it is if Joe gets it in his mind that Bird
1: can't hit a lefty. And it is in his mind he's never it's never coming out he's he's not gonna face a lefty unless it's absolutely necessary
0: so I think the Givens you got your Givens Batanzas Chapman uh robertson those you know green those are your Givens in the pen you know San you know it's even stupid saying Sanchez and judging and those guys so really to me, the big toss- up in this roster should the Yankees make a you know a five game series. Is are you carrying five outfielders really?
1: Here's what I'll say, and we can get you know. And, and and if we're, the Yankees are lucky enough; we can uh, we can dissect the... more. But here's what I'll say, and I'll I'll make it as simple as possible. I don't care what it takes. Ronald Torreyes needs to be on the postseason roster. I don't think it's a doubt in anybody's mind that he... so whatever it takes, have him on the roster that's all i think that's going to matter in the long run. He's your guy that's going to be the dark horse, the sleeper that can come in in a close game and and really come through clutch for this team.
0: And we were talking about this yesterday, right? Cuz uh bum guy rye over there or i'm pointing to where he would sit but he's not there. He's always asking us where's terace? where's terace, right? Right. But now that the team's healthy, you don't i mean he, we got the lineup for Tuesday's game uh tonight's game toes in the game he played yesterday so Joe's gonna mix him in a little bit now to get to get him to get guys to rest get the rust get off him in, yeah you know but through this recent stretch here the Yankees were healthy and they didn't need tos. So Terese gets his first start in a while, and, and what he doing? Do? and he comes
1: back, he and it's three. just like, who is this guy?
0: Not even that, but he comes in and he gets three hits. It's just no, three that's hits.
1: what I'm saying. It's like you know, this is a guy who's coming off our bench and isn't getting playing time. But I'll tell you what, we say it over and over, man. He is a scary guy to come into a game. I he's, wouldn't say
0: he's scary, but
1: he he is reliable. though. He's scary because you don't think he's scary. He's scary because you underestimate him.
0: Think about what Didi Gregorius has meant to this team. Think about what Starno Castro has meant to this team. And think
1: about the fact that Tereus was filled in for both of them and you really didn't miss them. You didn't. You didn't. This is kind of what I was touching on earlier when we first started our podcast. When these guys came back healthy, like Castro, Holiday, and everything, in your mind, you never felt the impact of them being gone because Tereus was so great. However... The truth is that Therese isn't Castro. He's not yeah. a healthy Matt Holliday. So when they did come back healthy, this offense just exploded again. Because I'm a big believer in it's not just about what these guys are producing, it's about who you're putting up to face the pitcher. As a pitcher myself, you know, if you have a scouting report on someone like a Castro, you're going to pitch a lot different than any numbers you have on a guy like Therese. It's a scary factor to have Castro and Holiday come in and round out the lineup. Even though Toreas really did a great job. It just having guys like Castro and Holiday back round out this lineup so significantly.
0: Hashtag toe being toe.
1: Toe being toe. All
0: right, so... It's uh, going to be a thing. I think that uh, we're pretty much done for this week. I think so. I think that we can announce this, that... We were toying with the idea of going live.
1: We might do a live video in the parking lot it, on Twitter to just do, to kind of... To do
0: the podcast live, but uh, Chris and I were talking before we came on, and we're going to do the podcast next week from the backseat of our from my car while one of our wives is driving. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: What the hell was that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so next week's podcast will I be, have
1: ADHD by the way
0: um so we're gonna do something special for the wild card game next week since we record on Tuesday anyway uh we're do gonna we? yeah we do. Right. we're gonna record immediate wild card reaction on the way home from the game it's gonna
1: be a nice short episode we're gonna throw out just something for the fans to feed off of uh direct reaction hopefully it's not a somber one hopefully we're celebrating and hopefully our wives want to kill us and kick us out of the car because we're so excited if you
0: never hear another podcast from us again after this it's because the yankees lost we're being a couple of belligerent idiots and one of our wives killed us or threw us out of the car and we're never gonna be like
1: the song stand by uh eminem yeah where he finds the recording after and finds out he was killed
0: we'll be famous after death
1: right like but, Biggie,
0: Biggie Smalls. All right, so that's uh, that's our what we're gonna do for the wild card game. I think I like the idea. Give the fans, I do. Give give our listeners a little something different. Uh, make the wild card game mean something for this show. So yeah, so that's where we're gonna go with, with next week, and then hopefully, the Yankees will have another game after that. Maybe we, could, you know, we'll see if we could talk to some people about uh possible series going forward. Yeah. I like
1: it. All right. So real quick, I, th- I kind of want to plug this. It's not a guarantee, um, but we're also going to try to get someone on the pod. Um, I guess we really can't talk to someone from Minnesota if we're going to be doing it that way. Um, but we actually might try and record a little segment on Sunday Um, just to have a quick banter with one of the writers from Minnesota, uh, and kind of have a back and forth take on the wild card game, assuming it's going to be Minnesota and New York.
0: All right. So, but on Sunday, we'll, we'll have that answer. I would assume at that point we'd have that answer. Yes. All right. So, so let's wrap up, uh, episode number seven here. Uh, I just want
1: to say something also. Sorry. Okay. I said last week that the Yankees would take the next two in Minnesota and that would be it. You'd wash your hands and they went out and they did their job and they completely dominated Minnesota. So as a Yankee fan, you can't be scared going into this game. I know it's a one game playoff here, but you got to be very hopeful as a fan.
0: I'm confident in the fact that the Yankees are the better team, but like you said, anything can happen in one game. and That's what scares you about the wild card. So, um, Maybe we'll talk on Sunday. Maybe we won't. You know, it's basically about locking down somebody from Minnesota to preview the game. If not, we'll talk to you uh, next. Well, you'll hear it, probably hear it Wednesday afternoon sometime. Yeah. You know, with our wild card reaction. But, you know, let's wrap up episode seven here. We want to thank Chris Corelli for coming on. It's Chris underscore Corelli on Twitter. Uh, Yankees lead writer for SNY.TV. Um
1: Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well at MIY Sports Talk. Uh, you can find the pod on wherever you're listening to it now, obviously. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Uh, make sure you give us a rating and review wherever you are and subscribe and in any again, way
0: you And again, we want to uh,
1: congratulate Queen Steffi and... And Gravel Drop. Drop the, gra- drop the gavel 99, I think I somebody believe. dropped
0: you on Gravel. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Yes. We're not going to tell you you won. You have to listen to the podcast. We will specifically tweet that out and let you know that the winner was announced after the Chris Corelli interview. So if you want your prize, listen to the pod. Let us know that you know that you won, and then you'll get your prize. Listen up. All right. So um, big things happening for the Yankees. You know, We're heading into the postseason. Uh, Exciting times. The Baby Bombers have arrived early, so it's a good time to be a Yankee fan. You know, uh, so let's sign off on that and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll have more Yankee baseball to talk about next time we come on.
1: And a little side notice, uh, our new employee, Leah, is sitting in the background very patiently. So you might hear her in the background here and there. Employee
0: wouldn't imply that we pay these people.
1: We pay them with love.
0: You're weird. I am. All right. Anyway, thank you again for listening. Like Chris said iCloud, Jesus help me, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, um, yeah, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Christian underscore n y y s t. Follow this moke on Twitter wherever you can
1: find him. Nah, you don't have to. He doesn't. Let's just win. Let's win. Let's win a series here. Let's go in. Let's win a game. Lee, got anything to add? Let's go, Yanks.
3: Please, if you hear me, do not disturb my beauty sleep in the night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: that just lets you know that Chris is probably very loud when the child is trying to sleep. <laughs> so um, thank you again for listening. This is uh, we'll sign off episode number seven of the NYY Sports Talk um, podcast. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening, Chris and Leah. Say goodbye.
2: Peace. <laughs>